So, thinking about the future uh, of the country, of the state, uh, and that sort of thing, what would you like to see, sort of ideally, uh, maybe incremental change, revolutionary change, uh, what would you like to see happen? So my ideals, are, in the direction we're going, I don't see them happening anytime soon. Okay. Um, just based on everything that's going on, the, the policies that are being passed now, I don't really see it going in the direction that I would like. Um, mm-hmm. What I would personally like to see is less action Sometimes being taken. Sometimes that can be a breaking point, though. If things get too bad. That's true. enough people, it gains momentum where they really want to change. That's true. But for what I'm seeing, I see mm-hmm. more of people ascribing to more bottom left uh, type ideology. Mm-hmm. So, what does bottom left mean? So it would be more. It's like we were talking about before with the quadrants. Bottom left would be the bottom left quadrant. So leftist anarchist, socialist anarchist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess anarcho-communist would fall in the top okay. right or top left quadrant. So, mm-hmm. um, but as far as that goes, I see more people falling into the government should be doing more to stop okay. this. Yeah. Whereas I think the government should take their hands off and let people make their own decisions. Yeah. What do you think about, uh, so I have problems with both the Republicans and the Democrats. I feel most people do. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think most people do. I think people really compromise when they vote for them. Um, ex- except maybe when it's at the local level, like you were saying, mm-hmm. where you actually know people. But, um, and I'm not saying that this is an equal kind of thing, but when the Democrats do gun control measures, I get really worried about that because... I, as a queer person, as a trans person as well, have experienced a lot of violence in my life. And from very bad people like skinhead gangs, okay? Uh, And good old boys, kickers, you name it. I've I've encountered it. And so I want the ability to defend myself in whatever way I want to if somebody, you know, attacks me. And that includes a modern rifle. And you should have that right. Yeah. Everybody should have that right. To but then the themselves. Democrats keep pushing that, you know, common sense, gun control. What the, What does that mean? I mean, what, I, what do you think about that as a more anarchist person? I think it's sort of a push for more control. Yeah. Um, so it's not necessarily about the guns, but um, a unarmed community is more easier to control yes. and legislate than an armed one. Absolutely. So, Coincidentally, if you really look into it, people like Ronald Reagan were extremely anti-gun. Yeah. Um, but if you look at Karl Marx, he was extremely pro-gun. Mm. Karl Marx said that the workers' right to bear arms should never, hmm. like, be touched. So he believed uh, basically the same thing that is written in the Constitution. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. But Ronald Reagan didn't. Yeah. Isn't that Ron- interesting? Yeah. <laughs> Ronald Reagan. I mean, it was uh, that was when he was governor of California and. Um, through the, the Black, Black Panther, yeah, movement. the fear of the Black Panthers, and which is terrible because the Black Panthers were defending their their communities from police that were harming them, and you know, so it pretty awful. And which we, is amazing because we're still going through that today. Yeah. Nothing's changed. Since yeah, then. nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. And the solution that's being brought across by Democrats is yeah. to push more gun control. Yeah, and red flag laws. Guess what? That's the same as Jim Crow laws that kept. <laughs> guns out of people's hands it was at the discretion of like sheriffs and sheriffs could very easily say oh you're not of good moral character so you don't get to buy a gun and that's exactly what the red flag laws are about you're exactly right yeah 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 uh so are you an enthusiast 
Yes, yeah. I would say so. Awesome. Do you do you go to the gun range? Here and there, yes. Yeah. Cool. Are you involved in any groups? I, I actually uh, uh, interviewed somebody from the Pink Pistols, and she also runs the Operation Blazing Sword. Yeah, I actually watched that one before you oh, came down excellent. here. Oh, yeah. excellent, excellent. Um, so I would like to be more of a part of like a mm. shooting community, but... Yeah. Um, I feel like it's the same thing as like the Libertarian Party, okay. whereas um, it's sort of taken over by like thin blue line, like okay. Republicans okay. sort of community. And it's like in that sort of community, I don't really feel safe as mm. a queer person, as a trans mm. person. I don't really feel safe in that sort of environment. So yeah. I don't really want to participate in the community. If I find something nearby, yeah. I would love to join. Yeah. Um, but I think the closest, I think it was Pink Pistols I opened to, the closest chapter was way out in like Allentown far maybe, from here maybe you could start one maybe yeah. I don't know if I'm that uh, smart when it comes no, to guns I, well you know uh, I mean that's kind of the thing about the Pink Pistols and Operation Blazing Sword is what they're doing is they're bringing experts together with people who have less uh, like experience knowledge. Yeah. yeah so you know if you contacted them you know the, maybe the nearest one or Aaron um, who is the leader of those organizations? She could probably hook you up. You know, maybe I, I'll have I'm to look serious. into that. You know, it could I know be, there's a Philadelphia chapter on one, one of those on the ground <laughs> things that starts you off. That's true. That's very true. Of, you know, being on the internet. You know. Um, I <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. That's my rib as an older person. Sorry. Um, sorry, sorry. So I know there is, there was a, a Pink Pistols chapter in Philadelphia, sure. um, but when I looked into oh, it, oh, I'm sure there was. Yeah, when I looked into it a couple years ago. It, they didn't seem active. Oh, this was okay. before COVID even. So. Okay. Well, they might have had some rift or something. Yeah, I don't really know. Who knows? I mean, yeah, I would imagine Philadelphia has a lot of that because Philadelphia has a really radical history. Very much so. Yeah. Very yeah. much. Yeah. I mean, the U.S. bombed uh, a An community An entire city there. block. Yeah. Yeah, move. If you don't know about that, look that up. The U.S. bombed a community there. Yeah, black community. Yeah, uh, They're... I, I forget what the acronym starts out, uh, what it what it stands for, but it's MOVE, M-O-V-E. And I'm going to put a link here about it, and then you can read up on it. Um, yeah, and some people are still in jail for that. Uh, Maria Abu-Jamal, I believe. Yeah. <sighs> it's, awful. it's a shame. Yeah. And it's a stronger case to keep yourself armed. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, as some people say, you know, uh, an armed queer doesn't get bashed, and that's true. <laughs> exactly. You know? Exactly true. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great equalizer. You know, I'm a small guy, but if I have a gun, you know, there you go. <laughs> I find it very interesting, too, that a lot of people in the LGBT community are very anti-gun. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know if you've noticed that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Aaron was talking about people being in the gun closet. Ah, uh, yes, yes, I remember that. That was yeah. a good term. Yeah, yeah, I like, I like that a lot. Um, yeah, have you found that? Yes, very much so. Well, tell me about that. Tell me about so that. So most of the people that I've encountered like I said, in the LGBT community, are anti-gun, which to me is very interesting because if you look back to things like Stonewall, like the original Pride, yeah. where Pride started, mm -hmm. was because of trans women throwing bricks at cops yeah. who were infringing on their rights. Right. Protests and, from queer and, people... Have and that was... Uh, uh, there was a long, long history of that before Stonewall as well. You Correct. Know, police coming in, arresting people. And this night they were like, uh, we've had enough. Right, exactly. So, yeah. so I find it very interesting that people will go to Pride and then turn around in the same breath and say, oh, only the police need yeah. guns. Yeah, yeah. 
it's really a failing of minority, so-called minority communities that the Democrats keep pushing this. It's certainly not a justice issue, you know, to limit um, people's ability to, to defend themselves. Anyway, I feel like I've been talking a whole lot this time. <laughs> I drank a lot of coffee. That's partly it. Um, so is there anything that you would like to, for to communicate to, I guess, uh, you know, the larger queer community, other trans people, um, to anybody else, cisgendered, straight people who might be watching this, uh, about who you are, your personal identity, your, uh, your atheism, your anarchism? Sure. I would personally say that no matter what you're hearing, no matter what people are telling you, mm. look deeper into it. Because mm. there's often a message there that's not telling you the whole story. Mm. Um, everybody has their own agenda including me including yeah. you like we all have our own personal bias mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. try and look at everything you hear with a an unbiased perspective to get a full story because you're not getting the full story yeah i agree i agree um yeah i mean it's weird i feel like i can't trust uh some newspapers that i used to trust anymore like you right. know like the washington post and new york times i feel like i could trust them in some ways because they they checked everything and you know their reputation is on the line i mean even the new york times calls themselves the paper of record right right but then recently they've been po they've been um allowing opinion pieces in that are anti-trans and not just as some sort of debate because when you have one side saying we need to basically eliminate trans people and one side saying we just want our rights and to be able to live, that's not really a debate. You know? <laughs> right. And unfortunately, those op-ed pieces are being used in court cases right now. Uh, exactly. Yeah, J.K. Rawlings as well, her opinions and uh, how she's uh, basically stirring up bigotry, uh, which is awful for a, like an entire generation who grew up on her books. It's really a shame. Yeah, I've seen even, you know, middle-of-the-road liberals who usually uh, support LGBT rights and, you know, very broadly, like Bette Midler. Did you see the thing from Bette Midler? Can't say Yesterday, it she posted uh, about... It's a horrible tweet. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to even read it, but it has something to do with women are being erased because we are using inclusive language, basically, is what she said. She said it in a different way, but that's what she meant. So she's blaming Rose versus Wade being rolled back on trans people. Okay, that's insane. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. Yeah, we trans people are the just about the most uh, trodden upon community right now in America. You know, especially people of color and Im immigrants in particular um, who are trans. And here we have a rich celebrity blaming <laughs> blaming society you know authoritarianism on us because we want to be included in society which i find sort of don't take this the wrong way i oh. find that to be sort of Say a it. good thing in a way yeah um not necessarily what they're saying yeah but the fact that there's news about us okay um a lot of people will say bad press is still press. Sure. So, yes, they're saying that we're bad, we deserve to die, and things like that, but 
at the same time, I've also seen a lot more support for trans community, the trans people in community than I have really from like a decade ago. Really, in my personal opinion, I okay. don't know if that's statistically true, obviously, yeah. but uh, I will say when people talked about trans people less, I feel like there was more support because it was more interpersonal support, and we didn't expect a broader that's true cultural support. Right now, people expect a broader cultural support, and really, it's collapsing. That's very true. Yeah, and even, like I said, liberals, like middle-of-the-road liberals are being like, well, yeah, this has gone too far. The trans movement or the ideology, which is not true. We're just people. We're not a movement or ideology. Right. We're just trying to exist. We're just people. <laughs> right. You know, I'm, I'm a very boring person, in fact. Um, yeah, even they are mimicking this same sort of very hateful rhetoric. And, uh, I mean, you can tell it's bad news when so-called feminists are making alliances with, like, the heritage, uh, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, What are they classified as? I don't know. But they're a think tank with heritage when, and they are being highlighted by the Federalist Society. I mean, when that, when that's happening, uh, we're in bad shape. (laughs) Right. Very true. It's the same thing pretty much happening, like, going back to the Libertarian Party. It's being yeah. infiltrated by people who don't know what they're talking about. Yes. So, even though you feel like things are turning towards authoritarian, which I agree, you know, you can't deny that. Ideally, if you were to want to see something happen, what would you like to see happen? Like, overall? Overall. You know, access to healthcare how people live, the economy, all that stuff. What would you what would be your ideal way to do things? That is a very tough question. Yeah, it is tough. That is a very tough question. But think about it. You know, dream a little bit. Dream a little bit. Honestly, I would like to see a more hands-off of businesses. Okay. Um and I would make like to make it see easier for people to start entrepreneuring yeah. um, and starting new businesses yeah. because that can lead into not only things to better you and I with the the products that they make yes um but it can it's also local too right it's right. local um and then it also opens doors for people to create more going forward mm-hmm. the assets and things that they create from their profit they mm-hmm. can use to further benefit right so i think that would be the great place to start okay so hands off and in uh hands off in what way um so right now we see a lot of uh taxes mm-hmm. and permits and things like that that hold down people from starting new businesses okay um if you want to start businesses you need lots of permits you need say you want to start a restaurant you got to go through health classes yeah. health certifications everything like that yeah um and you've got to do that periodically yeah. each permit is it only lasts for a couple years before yeah. you have to redo it and those are not cheap yeah um yeah. so i think a good way to do that would be to it privileges dis- certain people exactly right. it privileges people who already have the money yes. to start them yeah or if you're like in an immigrant community that's really tight and they've been here for a while, they can maybe help you with capital. That's that's sometimes how they do it. But um, you know that's also pretty rare. Um, but when it, but when people are able to do it, it's, it's quite successful. Like the Sikh community, for instance, they're very good about that. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. Here's an example of that in California. I used to, I lived in California a little bit. They were trying to make women who were immigrants get licensed to braid hair. I remember that being big controversy. 
yeah, I mean, it's not like you have any tools. There's no cutting of anything. There's, there's, you know, this is a cultural thing that they're bringing like from Africa and there's no overhead. They're just, you know, have a little office or something in a, in a stool and you brain. Uh, and then the state needed to come in. But why did the state really need to come in? I feel like that happens with not just branding, but a lot of businesses. Yeah. And I think the reason that they do that is because the already established businesses are saying, here's $500, right. Right. go make them need a permit. Right, right. Or also, permitting do- is a moneymaker, too, as well. If you have to get a permit every year or whatever, you're paying out money. That's to, very true. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, and if you have to take classes, there's that whole other bureaucracy as well, you know. Um, yeah, I agree. So there's that. There's a small business angle. How about other things like, uh, you know, uh, how, you know, just kind of organizing society like housing and food distribution and, you know, anything like that. So from there, after we reestablish how entrepreneurship can be done. Um, I would start looking at how schooling is done. Schooling hasn't changed since it was first started. Right. Um, And I think there's a lot of classes in schools that aren't being taught that should be Mm. or used to be and are no longer Mm. um, looping back around. Um, There used to be like uh, gun clubs at schools where you could learn how to use a gun. Right. And I think if we had that I know it sounds crazy to a lot of people. I think it would stop a lot of these shootings because then these children would know what a firearm is. There wouldn't be any misconception about what it is or how to use it. They would have respect for it. Right. And you hear all these shootings about a child pulls out a a gun from their mom's purse and starts toying around with it and shoots somebody because they don't have the respect for it. It was never taught to them. It was just taught, don't touch that. That's right. Yeah. I agree. I think. Also, uh, home ec. Right, my exactly. Mother, my mother was a home ec teacher. You know, you learn how to sew, you learn how to cook, you learn about budgeting, um, you know, you learn all that adulting that isn't being taught anymore. There, You get it right there, and it's a lot of fun, too. Right, exactly. <laughs> and on top of that home ec yeah. subject, um, you nobody in school teaches you how to do taxes. Mm. Nobody teaches you how to file your income tax at the mm-hmm. end of the year. Right. I still don't know how to do it. I'm, I'm I don't think my, many people do. I'm in my 50s. <laughs> I don't think anybody does. They change, they change it every year. They it's change it every year different. and make it harder. Oh. So fun fact about that too yeah, yeah. is, I don't know if you're aware, but companies like uh, H&R Block and things uh-huh. like that lobby the government to keep it complicated so that you have to pay their advisors and their company what? to help you pay for it. What? Yeah. Other uh. countries, they just fill it out and you just approve it basically. Yeah. Because the government knows what you make. Would you, um, you know, just as kind of an incremental change, would you uh, support like a flat tax or something like that? I know that because that would reduce the bureaucracy for one thing. And some people think of that as a solution. A flat tax on income? I don't know. I think that's what people are, are, are saying, a flat tax on income. I think it would depend on what that flat tax is. Yeah. Um, because... If that flat tax is, you know, if you take it minimum wage and then say maybe somebody makes a hundred thousand a year, that's mm-hmm. no problem for them to have flat tax. Mm-hmm. But if you have somebody who makes maybe thirty thousand or twenty five thousand sure. a year and they're struggling to make it as, as it is, right? And say that's two thousand dollars at the end of the year, they yeah. can't. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. If you think about like the cost of food and like maintaining a car and various things, transportation, 
you know, electricity and all that, those are sort of fixed things. And those, so those are a bigger proportion of somebody's income who, who is poorer. So yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, the way it is now, though, it doesn't seem very fair because uh, some people don't pay very much, but, you know, good for them. I guess they're not paying anything. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they're rolling it over into other things that benefit people, but who knows? I don't know. Taxing is uh, obviously a contentious issue. Uh, I'm surprised at how high it is in some places. In I am too. In Arkansas, it was like 11% sales tax in some places. Yeah. What is, what is it around here? Uh... So where I used to live, it was seven. I'm not sure. I just moved here a couple months ago, so I'm okay. not super sure what the sales yeah. tax is here. Um, but I know it's, and if it's anything more than zero percent, it's too high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. In Alaska, it was zero. So <laughs> yeah, so it should be. Yeah, yeah. When you go to the store, it's just the price it is. You don't have to like make a little no <laughs> mental note. Uh, how, do I have enough? Do I have right? Enough? Okay, is it 10 ten percent more? Uh, uh, right. <laughs> It's just the price. Um, anyway, so, uh, okay, so education. Is there anything else you're passionate about that you would like to see that could possibly have incremental? Are, are you into, like, charter schools or private schools, or, or are you against public schools? I'm not necessarily against any of those options. Okay. Um, I just think they need to review their curriculum. Okay. Um, I don't think private schools are bad. I think probably a lot of schools are better off being private schools because yeah. when you're privatize something you if you don't make enough money then you're going to go under mm. public schools don't have that problem they right. can teach you nothing and get away with it you are definitely handicapped <laughs> yeah whereas yeah. with a private school if people don't like and don't feel like they're learning anything mm -hmm. that money is going to go away and they're going to go under right so in order to stay in business you vote with your money right i i agree um talking about capitalism for a moment because that was kind of a capitalistic way of looking at something <laughs> if you're if you're offering your service that that is valuable then people will pay for it and keep coming back for it and if it isn't then they won't um capitalism has gotten a really uh bad name amongst young people now it seems like i would agree like it's unusual to find somebody who is number one versed in it and also supports it. Uh, what do you think is the um, the benefit of, of capitalism in the way that you think about capitalism? Because there's different kinds of capitalism, right? Right. There's so, crony capitalism. I am definitely is, not for that. Which is what we have here in the United States. Yes, crony capitalism. And I think that's why a lot of people are against capitalism is because they see what's in the United States right. and they say, this is bad, right. which it is. Crony capitalism, yeah. not good. Yeah. So. And how would you define that? I would, going back to it, uh, lobbying. So businesses that lobby the government and start making their own legislation mm -hmm. um, they're not playing by the market they're not able to go under because they're being sustained by a government while they're paying them underhanded under the table right. or or outright by tax breaks or exactly or some sort of benefits that that they're getting from a locality yeah. exactly yeah so for me um, I think the reason that capitalism works better than any other theory I've personally come across mm -hmm. is because Everyone says capitalism is just being greedy, and yes, it is, mm -hmm. and that's it embraces the greed. Mm -hmm. In order to be greedy, you have to provide a service or good to somebody else. So, mm. if I make no income, it's because I'm not doing anything else. That's right. Um, in order for me to gain capital and get rich or get things I want in life, I need to work for it. Yeah. Whether it's 
helping somebody out, mowing their lawn or anything like that. It could be anything where I need to supply goods that people will buy. And then that sort of... Or distribution of them. Right, exactly. So that sort of community brings you, takes your greed and turns it into something that is good for everybody. Yeah. So yes, it's greedy, but it's good. people are naturally kind of greedy. Exactly. You do things for your own interest. And that's very uh, objectivist, by the way, Ayn Rand. Um, But, you know, it's it's also free association uh, capitalism, right? I make something and then you decide whether you are going to buy it or you don't. Right. You know, I mean, no one's forcing that relationship. Unfortunately, when the government comes in, uh, like in more uh, socialist way of thinking of things, a more authoritarian way, uh, then you're forced to get that, to only have a particular product. And I've actually seen that. Uh, I used to live in a social humanist country, and there was a very limited number of products there. And that's all you got. Right. And sometimes you didn't get anything. There was no cheese in the entire country. Yeah. Can you That's imagine? the saddest thing I've ever heard. I know. I know. I know. No cheese. And part of that is infrastructure because it actually takes a lot to make cheese. Yeah. Like you need a lot of oh, uh, definitely. refrigeration and, and all this stuff. Part of it is that. Um, but also, there would have been a market for that if it was a capitalistic country. Exactly. You know, somebody would have come in and been like, Somebody would have felt incentivized to make it. Yeah. I'm going to make it. I'm going to put all my capital into it. Yeah. Take this huge risk. Make something beautiful that somebody wants to buy. Mm. And the market was there for the taking. There. There you go. So uh, a minarchist view of government for you would be... Minarchist would be basically the bare minimum of government. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, local fire department, um, local police, local everything basically mm-hmm. would be minarchist because that's the bare minimum. Are there things that uh, our government does right now that you would just want to completely end? Like departments and that sort of thing? Yes. Okay. I think almost every department of the federal government should be abolished. Okay. How about local ones, though? Because there's, there's kind of the mirror local ones. So I think that a lot of those departments can be privatized. Mm, well, what kinds of departments would you get rid of? And that would save a lot of money, by the way. Right. Then we it would save have, a lot of money. We wouldn't have all this overhead. Right. And so that kind of ties into taxes as well. Mm-hmm. So you could eliminate things like the fire department being public and make it privatized, whereas you could operate it like an insurance company, basically. Okay. Whereas if you don't want to pay for the fire company, that's fine. Okay. But then they're not obligated to help you if your house is on fire. What about if a fire spreads, though? Then at that point, it would be the case of the fire department to take over. Okay. So. Uh, For me, I think a good model is the volunteer fire department. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so it's less of a... uh, private entity well i guess it's a private entity but it's it's a it's a voluntary effort effort <coughs> and that that way too everybody could be involved everybody who could uh, handle that kind of work uh what other kinds of uh government departments would you either reduce or get rid of or privatize basically mm-hmm. any department that okay. exists now i would privatize okay how about uh police and prisons 
Prisons is a tough one. I'm That's a very tough one. Yes, I'm very, admittedly, I'm uneducated on that subject, so yeah. I'd prefer not to give an answer. Yeah, um, I understand. That was a little bit of a, I don't mean to do gotcha questions here, <laughs> but that was a slightly a gotcha question. Yes. And, uh, but I'm going to tell you, there's been a lot of research from people in Harvard and, you know, whatever Harvard, but I went there, so I know about this, um, where they found that private prisons... Uh, were actually more cruel. There was more cruelty involved. Right. Uh, so, personally, I think most things can be privatized, but if we're going to have laws and law enforcement that the government imposes, then maybe that part should be part of the government. I am inclined to agree. Yeah. However, like I said, I'm uneducated on the subject, so yeah. I can't really make a solid argument in way of either way. Understand. As far as privatizing prisons go, I think the best thing would to be stop making things illegal yes like for right. most of our right. most of our crime is drug related yeah um and, and how our, many, we have such a huge prison population right oh my god right and most of it is marijuana arrests oh really really okay. yes right. so i think we should be rather looking at rehabilitation projects okay and um bringing people who are addicted to drugs and things like that into yeah. learning how to live a better life mm -hmm. voluntarily yes yes rather than pushing them in prison where they're just going to be in prison and then eventually right and, back out on the streets doing the same thing. oftentimes when people go to the prison, they're traumatized more. And, right. uh, you know, recidivism is so high because when you get out, you have, you're stigmatized and you are barred from doing what other people are allowed to do right. oftentimes. Or there's a social stigma about it. Right, very yeah. much so. And I think it's a shame because... A lot of people who take drugs are taking them as a form yeah. of escapism. Right. And so by putting them into a worse situation, it's not helping anybody. It's making the situation worse. Uh, so I think rather than punishing people and worrying about prisons, we should be working on helping people right. rather than throwing them in a prison and traumatizing them, like yeah. you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, something else needs to be done because it's such a problem. I mean... I think anybody who thinks about our prison system can, th can agree can on agree. that. It doesn't work. Right. Yeah. I mean, no matter what your political background is or beliefs and stuff, our prison system does not work well. Um, so anything else, like, about the environment, perhaps? That's that's a big thing with the EPA. Right. So losing some powers recently. That's another one of uh, more of a controversial take in the, yeah. in the argument. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's For hard me, to not be controversial when you're talking about <laughs> anarchism. I mean, right? Because I, everything's a controversy. Yeah, I'm trying hard not to be, but it's it is. It so, is, it just is. in my personal opinion, um, as far as environmental issues go, um, I would say that environmental issues are often handled better if you hand them over to a private entity. Mm. So, do you have any examples of that? Yes, I do. So, um, the EPA a couple years ago dumped a bunch of just waste into a lake yeah it was a mistake but they never cleaned it up mm. and you know who cleaned it up private company wow yeah yeah so people say that about the roads too they're like exactly oh if we don't have taxes in the government we're not going to fix the roads but then when the government fails to do to fix the roads sometimes private companies do come in or artists too artists have mm -hmm. done this i was going to say even individuals a lot of the time will just come yes. in and fix potholes because they get right. so fed up or uh, there, I saw this artist once, this was in California, and I, they probably did this elsewhere too. They were taking molds of sidewalk areas that were crumbling, 
and then they would put an artistic. <laughs> I think I've seen that. Yeah, like a like a like a. I don't know if it was molded concrete or if it was ceramic, but it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful, and what a great response too. Take it into your own hands sometimes. Right. Because the government isn't going to. It's not going to do it. They'll take right. your money, but they're not going to do anything. Not only that, they'll take it at gunpoint. They don't give you a choice. No, no. Yeah, that's right. Taxes are forced. You know, don't ever think that you know when the government asks you something, they're not asking you; they're forcing you to do it. Right. Which I think is a shame because. You have, like, these programs that are you can use to help people. Yeah. Like, food stamps, good example. Yeah. You can use that to help people, but nobody should be required to pay for it. Mm. Um, because at the end of the day, is it appropriate for me to walk up to you and hold a gun to your head and say, help him? Right. It's right. not. There's right. no situation right. where it is. And I think it grows resentment, too. It does. Yeah. Absolutely. It, because, I mean, people here in the U.S., I'm going to say, are generally very generous people. Like, there are missionaries and different kinds of groups that go overseas and they, you know, help people with famine and, and different kinds of problems like uh, getting electricity and getting water. We also have local uh, charities that do lots of things. So it is possible that we can do these things and we can do it in a more personal way because exactly. just getting a little card from the government surely is not <laughs> personal. No. It's not it's also not teaching you anything like how right. to better take care of yourself. Right. But if you, I don't know. I'm kind of sermonizing right at the moment, but <laughs> uh, if you are getting help from your neighbors, there's also a responsibility in there. Right. That maybe you will take that help and do something more. Right. You'll take the help and then add to it and you can improve your life yes. and in improving your own life, yes. other people benefit. That's right. That's right. And then you can go on to help other people. Right. Instead of always being that in that cycle, which is a way that people are kept down, actually. I feel like government programs often keep people down. They do. They keep people in a cycle of poverty. Right. I think a lot of people, like, don't move on to get better jobs and things yeah. like that because once you meet a certain income... Yes then they take it away. That's right. Or That's if you right. meet a certain requirement, they take it away. It's so catastrophic, they, too. It's like, end. That's it. Right. They don't yeah. wean you off nope. or anything. Nope. So I think a lot of times it's bad. Yeah. It actually becomes more expensive if you actually get a job and try and save money. Exactly. It, 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 there's, there's very little way out of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially when you think of, like, uh, child care and that sort of thing. So expensive. Right. If you're a mom and you have some, some babies, you try to go to work, well, what are you going to do? You know, it's it's almost easier just to stay on welfare, but then you're poor forever. Right, and then you just stay stuck there. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Do you ever get some pushback from other people who are trans or uh, queer about Constantly. this? About your, about your beliefs? Constantly. Um, Tell me about that. Yeah, so... Um, like we were talking about, a lot of people in the trans community tend to be in the bottom left quadrant. Um, well, so uh, instead of saying bottom left, uh, explain that. So bottom left being just very succinctly. Yeah. So bottom left being like uh, anarchist socialists or just anybody in the left field, basically. Okay. So very so, very leftist. Right. Okay. So that's better because I mean you're getting into the more details. The more details. People sorry. People aren't gonna understand. Um, but like we were talking about earlier, you hear capitalist and you go. No, that's yeah. bad. Right. And it's like, you haven't even heard anything. You haven't read anything. You don't know anything to be telling me 
what's right and wrong. And a lot of times it's an immediate shutout. Whereas I think if in a lot of the cases where the people who have heard me out um, and I've heard them out yeah. and we've talked about it, yeah. it's a pretty big mutual understanding and it, we actually get along quite well. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting too because I've seen a lot of online, like a lot of people who are who are far left or what I would consider far left, then selling merchandise about <laughs> there being far left or anti-capitalist, but then selling merchandise. It's so interesting. It's almost like it's not really... It's not clicking. It's not filtering in that they are very much involved in capitalism. Right. But they think it's righteous because they're doing it. Too. Right. They think it's righteous know. because they're doing it, but they also, they see it as, I have to live in a crony capitalist world, so sure. I'm taking advantage of it. Okay. But, like you said, that's just using capitalism yeah. for what it's there for. Just go ahead and do it. Right. You know, just say what you are. Make your great product <laughs> that is anti-capitalist, I guess, and sell it to people who want to buy it. <laughs> Maybe I should get into that business. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, AOC, she does it, you know. Right. I mean, all, all, all of them do it. She's very good at it. Oh, she's very good. <laughs> she's at it. very she, good at marketing. She has all that big audience, you know. Right. And uh, every time she changes her lipstick, you know, there's like, yeah. <laughs> it immediately sells out. Right. <laughs> right. I'm in the wrong industry. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to say, what do you do, by the way? Uh, so currently I work as a dispatcher for oh. a logistics contractor. Oh, okay. You know, actually I was thinking of doing that sort of, sort of thing, so really? we should talk about that afterwards. Okay, sure. Because <laughs> I kind of need to do some office work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, let's see. What else could we talk about? Uh, so you have gotten some pushback about the capitalist thing. Correct. Um, anything else? Any uh do, do people think of you as like a bad person or sometimes yes really? um just bringing up that word capitalist is such i feel like it's such a dirty word now yeah um so if i bring that subject up a lot of people like you said i get a lot of pushback but in what in what kind of way though? um like do they just think you're a bad person or sort of i think a lot of the times they associate capitalism with republicanism mm. and it's very much not the same thing yeah. um but i feel like that's the first impression most people get do they say things like oh you must not care about people i've heard that yeah. more times than i can count yeah. yes you when, must not care about people you're selfish it's interesting though because all of the anarchists most all of them that i've met that are you know smart and um you know that aren't reactionary types that are actually more like all right people uh they are so caring and trusting of other people. I mean, that's why they're anarchists. Right. Because, I mean, imagine the deep trust it takes to not need, like, an overarching god or right. government telling you what to do. Otherwise, you'll be punished. I mean, right. It's, it's about relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest point where... Um, I my and dog is acting very rambunctious because it's, it's he's a good dog. It's just you know these these interviews are hard for him because it's a long time. Anyway, so I find that that's the biggest agreement point of okay. um, myself and like capitalists and socialists is yeah. community. Yeah, um, I feel like we all kind of agree that a community and an individual can do things better than any government agency will ever do. Yeah, 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 and to have. 
you know, to ha I, I sometimes think about this. To have strong communities, you need strong individuals as well. Exactly. And to have strong individuals, sometimes you need strong communities. You know, you can't just separate those <laughs> right. things. They're not, they're two heads of the same point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the, in anarchist circles or, you know, libertarian or minarchist, have you ever gotten any pushback about your personal identity as somebody who's in the trans community? Yes. Um, which I find is an interesting predicament that I'm in. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people... How, how do you identify, by the way? I'm trans woman. A trans woman. Yes. So um, a lot of the people that I interact with, um, like in the anarchist community, um, tend to be transphobic. Okay. Which is, I find quite interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... You're about autonomy, but not really. Yeah, not okay. really. Or either that or they're just extremely uneducated on the issue and use a lot of slurs and make a lot of jokes that are very insensitive yeah. which I find is a bit of a struggling point for myself mm. yeah I notice online that sometimes I see some of the comments from especially men but there's some women involved too definitely and I don't even want to get in part I don't want to be involved in those discussions right. because they're just so painful right I just I, I'm just flabbergasted by that Right. I've yeah. gotten to the point where I don't even read comments anymore. Really? Like, there's no... What benefit is there? Yeah. I'm yeah. not learning anything from you. Yeah. Sometimes I just make a comment online, and then I just turn off notifications. <laughs> it's like a mic... It's like my own mic drop. Boom. You know, boom. And then I leave. You know? It's I a good way of doing it. I don't care what people have to say sometimes. Right. You know? I'm just going to say my piece and then do it. You know? Especially yeah. online. Yeah, especially online. People aren't... We're not having a conversation. You're just... You're talking, I'm talking, you're talking. It's not yeah. a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And oftentimes it's just a portal for somebody to be abusive. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's just not worth it sometimes. That's why those in-person things are so important. And I hope that we get back to that. I mean, I know culturally, you know, you're of a very much di different generation. Uh, how old are you? 25. Okay. So you're half my age. Um, so you grew up with the internet. You grew up with all this technology. So it's very, very different. We, we are very different. Um, I hope for you, uh, and I don't know if this is something that you can improve or someone of my generation can, can improve, to show people that, it, that it's, it's a little bit better, to bring back more in-person things, to bring back more on-the-ground stuff, to bring back... I completely agree. Because I feel like we've really lost something. I mean, there's definitely good communication happening, like on Discord, I've heard yep. lots of great communication, people are getting together, people are learning about... Um, trans stuff and queer stuff and all kinds of political stuff online which is great you know but there's something lost in not having face to face yeah there really is so I hope that we could bring it back maybe people of my I'm, generation could, can champion that somehow I'm starting to see that starting to come back events and things going on yeah. COVID um, definitely as COVID has yeah. started to diminish yeah. um, but up until like the last two years yeah. it's been nothing yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. nothing which has been hard it was very easy for me though i loved it <laughs> <laughs> i love i was in a little cabin by myself and then i you know i got my little puppy here and then he grew up and uh, i loved it actually i had flocks of birds but that's not for everybody <laughs> right and the introversion is nice not having to go out and talk to people but like you said there's something lost when you yes. can't attend real in-person events right. for activism right and it, it is so important not only just for activism but uh, for community like you're saying that you are isolated somewhat politically and then 
culturally as well, because we do live in a dominantly Christian culture um, that is often a little bit too much. I'm gonna say it. I'm I'm I'm, some, I'm a Christ follower, but it's uh, often too much. You know, I take Christ in my heart. I don't try to impose him on anybody else. Um, and then, you know, also from the LGBT community in some ways because of your political and economic uh, beliefs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that can be isolating. Yeah. I feel like the best way to diminish some of that isolationism is meeting and talking to people yeah. face to face. Yeah, yeah. Like I talked about before, um, when I get to actually talk to people and they hear me out and I they I yeah. hear them out, right, right. it usually is a very positive yeah. uh, interaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe there's some compromise that can be worked on, you know. Uh, you know, when it's when it's uh, just two people talking in parallel, you're never going to meet. You know? Exactly. <laughs> Which is the problem of the internet. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think that's a good place to end. What do you think? I think so, too. All right. Well, I've had a great conversation. You know, we don't agree on everything, which is, I think, is a good example, you know, here. Um, you know, I'm more religious, and you are not. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm not an anarchist, although I appreciate anarchist theory very much. Um, we're both not libertarians. <laughs> <laughs> We're both, uh, we're of different generations and different life experiences. Um, yeah, let's have more conversations like this. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for being so flexible this morning. <laughs> we well, were, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we were bouncing around to different parks, and I'm just surprised that New Jersey parks don't allow, often dogs. allow yeah. dogs. I mean, what's up with that, yo? <laughs> what's up with that? <laughs> Oh, and are there any good pizza places that you would recommend? Because there's like a 50 billion pizza places oh here. Oh, my God. <laughs> On every corner. <laughs> so there's quite a few different places okay. that you could go to. Um, I love anchovies, by the way. Oh, I don't I know. Love, I love the good stuff. I don't know about that one. The good stinky stuff. <laughs> I don't know about the anchovies one. Okay. I, uh, I work at a pizza shop in Philly, and we had this one pie. Okay, come up here and talk about that. <laughs> uh, talk about your pie. Come on. The, Don't the, get on camera, though. The pizza though. we have, um, it's called, like, the Pomodoro. It's, like, anchovies and capers on there. It's, like, <gasps> a tomato pie. Oh, <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. I love capers. I love those little flower buds. Flower buds and fish. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the glass of wine. There you go. <laughs> so I should get the name of that place. Yeah, I can, I can give it to you if you'd like. It's uh, Rustica. Okay, Rustica. Yeah. Okay. So this is my special guest. He's <laughs> he's off camera, and of course, there's my my buddy down here, Cooper. <laughs> he's been a good boy. Yeah. Thank you for taking care of him, by the way, while we're doing this. Yeah. He's a All right. Ends. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Good. Good. Good interview. I loved it. I'm glad. I enjoyed I, it as well. I feel like I have so much to learn too. <laughs> yeah. And if you can give me like uh, a book list or anything like that I yeah. would love that and I can post some of that okay. what, what you would recommend reading because I think that other people might be interested as well and I'm definitely going to read them yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that yeah I am I am I'm going to do it <laughs>